Hi, this is Ian Austin, Friday Night Fright Fame, and I ran out of time again. Sorry, the last few weeks have been amazing for a variety of different reasons, but it just means I've run out of time on this podcast, you know. So, you're not getting your Blair Witch 2 country today. You're getting the two It's Not That Bad reviews I've already done, and that's it. And then I'll be back next week with... The Blair Witch 2 country, I promise I'll do it on Sunday evening, I guarantee it. You'll get that next week, but you won't get it tonight. You'll get a short episode today because, you know, life finds a way, or in this case, life doesn't find a way. So you get to hear me talk about Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad, which I'm sure you'll love. So hopefully you'll enjoy it. If you don't, I hope things will be back normal next week, hopefully. Whatever the fuck normal means. But for now, I will see you at the end where I'll do an epilogue. The past, the present, the future. This is Friday Night's Fright. What the planet is listening to. Hello, my name's Ian Austin, and I'm a podcaster. And I've cited that sometimes I need to defend movies now lots of people don't like. In this case, I'm doing to defend a little movie called Suicide Squad. You've read out sponsored segments, so just get right to it. I like Suicide Squad. I think it's an enjoyable movie. Now, there are some caveats to that, of course. Um, I'm not saying it's an Oscar-worthy movie or that it didn't win an Oscar. And I'm not saying it's a classic movie, and I'm not saying it's a great movie. In some ways, I'm not even saying it's a good movie, but I am saying it's an entertaining movie. Now, that's bearing in mind the fact that I do agree that the editing is sloppy, the music choices are erratic, although I like most music in the movie, so I don't mind that. Some of the writing's a bit wonky, I guess you can say. The idea of Suicide Squad going up against a generic end of days supervillain who's opening up port onto the sky agreed you know not necessarily most original idea on planet and fact that, that the movie we saw the primarily version i haven't seen its second version but the primary version is clearly sorry is clearly edited by someone who loved um what's called guardians of galaxy made a bit too much as emphasized by the fact that james gunn is directing suicide squad Two or the Suicide Squad, as it's known, which is a sequel but kind of a soft reboot at the same time, guess, which is sort of material allows. But even that being said, and even the fact that the Enchantress dances like Belly Dancer, the fact that Joker is one of the worst versions in the history of cinema and comic books and live action and all of that, and even ignoring the fact that really the movie doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I really enjoy it. And I'm going to tell you why with one simple word. Schlock. This movie is B-grade schlock. Now, that's not a criticism. Now, some people say it's criticism. For me, it's not criticism. I love schlock. I love terrible B-movies. I love movies that are so bad that they're good. Which I wouldn't categorise this as being so bad it's good. Although there are a lot of elements which might suggest that. No, I like Suicide Squad because it reminds me of a of those terrible like 70s comfort movies you find on TV, like um, Captain America or Doctor Strange, where it's like the people involved kind of get characters, but at the same time, 
they're adding their own distinct aesthetic onto it. And it's clear that this movie, despite the editing of that, this is a very Dave Air movie. If you've seen some movies like um, Training Day, which, yep, Training Day, oh, the other one's Fury. This is so much like Fury, it's scary. Although Fury, actually, I think Fury, if you've seen it, is a movie about a similar situation, similar bunch of characters, but without comic, but aesthetic. So it's much more serious. This feels like a compromise between Air's aesthetic and what the studio wants. It's kind of goofy and weird in places. Actually, I want to address that. A lot of people criticise Suicide Squad. They said the mood whiplash, the tone jumping from comedic scenes to serious scenes to weird scenes to bizarre scenes to standard action scenes fit weird. But this is literally a movie about a bunch of characters who should not be in a big budget combat movie. And that, to me, is part of the fun of the movie. The fact that after all these Avengers movies where they're, they're being heroes and all of that, and then just leave movies where, and Batman movies and Superman movies and all that shit, where they're miserable people and they don't save anyone, we get a movie of a bunch of villains who are patsies for government that is happy if they die. They're accountable. They're, they're not even accountable. They're literally... The people you throw out there and then if it goes wrong, you blame them. And they're thrown into a big budget super movie versus a witch who, who belly dances. That is so strange and so weird and it doesn't make any sense. But I kind of love it because it's something new. Like, you, you might not think it's a very good movie and in t- lots of ways you're right. But for a genre to evolve, you have to have stuff that tries to do something a little bit different. And this does. It's, I won't say it's equivalent to Big Lebowski, because it's not in any way, shape or form. Except for partially the idea of, you take these characters who should be the villains in a big budget superhero movie. And you make them the main characters. And it creates some more of an interesting dynamic, I think. They're let down by the fact that the movie makes no sense structurally. It's clearly being ripped apart and stuffed back together again. It's a little bit like the Joker is rewritten to be... And Harley Quinn are rewritten to be actual, like, genuine care about each other love interests. When that's not really how it comes across in comics. Or in the original bits of shooting they did. But at the same time, that's a new dynamic that hasn't really been explored too much. The idea that the Joker might, in his own way, actually care for Harley Quinn. That's something different. And, yeah, it's a bit interesting, you know. It's a a new direction. And at the same time, Margot Robbie's fantastic as Harley Quinn. In fact, they're not going to one extreme. They're not going to the extreme of showing all the abuse but not showing why she'd be with Joker but they're not going the other extreme showing them as a complete lovey-dovey couple there's some shades of grey which might be uncomfortable some but if you've read as much comics as I am sometimes when movies come out you want to see something different to what's in comics you know and I think Margot Robb does an excellent job as Harley Quinn I'd say same thing for Smith's Deadshot does a really good job Jay Courtney's Captain Boomerang Violet Davis, I think, is Amanda Waller. Does a really good job, too. In fact, I'd say acting cross-board is pretty good in this movie. Um, 
I think Killer Croc, the actor playing Killer Croc, who will play Mr. Echo and Lost, could have done a bit more, had a bit more to do, but I liked the dynamic swing characters um, of Suicide Squad. I think as someone has read Suicide Squad cam- comics, a kind of got right vibe. I love the um, bit of Slipknot where they obviously going to die and think they might subvert it and they don't he's the first one taken out because it's like that's great you know comic book movies using cannon fodder is good and overall I mean the only thing I don't like and this is really don't like and this is a problem for shared universes all around is the movie set of, over what four days four days with weird shit's going on in city end of weird shit and none of the Justice League get involved. This is set after Batman vs Superman. And I, okay, Superman's dead. But you tell me Wonder Woman wouldn't get involved in this? I mean, she just agreed to defend humanity again. Right, I know Flash and Aquaman aren't... They aren't re-recruited to Justice League. But no way Wonder Woman wouldn't go and see what's going on. So I find that questionable. And I think that's... Really, that's probably my biggest flaw with movie... By going so big, they made ludicrous that Batman and Wonder Woman wouldn't get involved, you know? It's like this this is something they should get involved with. It's like it it just it just is. But then again, I suppose you say DC movies have screwed themselves already, because why wouldn't Wonder Woman get involved in all that crapping like Metropolis, you know, Superman and Zod, you know? Like doesn't make any sense either. You just have to roll with it because these were that was a bad choice, Man Still, made by a mediocre director and a mediocre writer who didn't really have a clue what they were doing. Because if you're gonna backtrack on shit like that, if you go, you have to think ahead. Like Marvel fought ahead. Nothing Marvel did in any of their movies prior to the Avengers. It was all done such way that you wouldn't. You didn't have to have the other superheroes get involved because it all happened in isolated places over a short period of time. Whereas that prolonged fight in Metropolis that you've got 24 hours, heroes would get involved. That's just what they would do. You have to think ahead if you're going to make a shared universe. The trick is not make a shared universe, but there you go. Yeah, so I mean, Suicide Squad, going back to it. I, yeah, it's it's kind of weird because... Trying to defend it's the wrong word because I don't think defending it is really what I'm... Tr- I mean, sort of what I'm trying to do. But in other ways, it's trying to get people to look at it as what it is rather than what they want it to be. I think people thought after Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman that there'd be like a, a mega course correction. And it kind of wasn't just League, but I think that was wasn't what they should have done. And think while they did course correct on this movie a bit, I think it just about holds together because fundamentally it's about three characters. It's about Deadshot, Harley Quinn, and Mandrawler. I think this is sub is sort of like on on surface. Rip Flag case bit bit more important, but it's about those characters and they get those characters right. So for me, those characters kind of push the movie forward. If you get your main characters right, I can forgive a lot of like bad elements in the movie. And I think I could forgive a fair bit in Suicide Sports. I think those were really 
perfect versions of characters in terms of taking best the aesthetic of comic books and putting them on screen. For Mandalore alone in particular, it's genuinely terrifying. It's, it's one of those things, I think, when you cast someone who's that good an actress to play that role, they they just know what to do. They, they intrinsically can do a good job in it. And Mandalore is such an awesome character in general. And the other part is the fact that if you've read the comic books and watched Suicide Squad, it's, none of the movies should bother you because it's very true innate in style and themeology to comic books. Because especially recent comic books, the Suicide Squad gets sent in deal with weird shit all the time. People who criticise movies and say, why are they dealing with this superhero villain shit and all of that? It's like, that's why they do all the time. Fucking Suicide Squad sent to Apocalypse once to fight Darkseid. Like, they're literally disposable. You, Amanda Waller would does not get justly to get involved because she can't leverage them. She can leverage these criminals, and if they die, it doesn't matter. Like Batman dies, it's going to be national. Superman dies, it's going to be national news. Although, I would point out that um, this movie continues the theme in DC universe. I don't like, and eventually I'll recap all the movies. Really don't like is it treats. Man still and Batman vs Superman, it treats them as if different versions of those movies were made because I don't understand why anyone would remember Superman. Like he's he's one of the worst versions of Superman in both of those movies. And and also, um I think while they did course script clearly studio course script on this movie a fair bit, this is as much schlock as Batman vs Superman was. This just embraces it a lot more. And I think that's the other thing. If you embrace your material, and this one does because it has a killer crocodile in it, so it's embracing the weird a bit more. If you embrace it, it makes it a bit more fun. Like, Batman vs Superman is kind of, for me, so bad it's good because it's so awful. But at the same time, it's kind of unpleasant because they're trying to make something great and they're not. And it's sort of like... you. With the right team, you could fix this, but you really, really screwed up on so many levels. And also the fact that the villain in this movie is a bit more personality, because Zodding Man Steel, and that's not Michael Shannon's fault, he had nothing to work with, and um, Doom, uh, Doomsday in Batman for Superman, just nothing characters. I, I can't like Lex Luthor in Batman for Superman, but that's a weird personal quibble. Although I think... Um, Eisenberg had played him closer to how he played um oh shit, what's his name? Uh, face Mark Zuckerberg in um social network, it would be a far better movie. So Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, I mean I one reason for recapping on this one is there's a lot of faceless horror style monsters and villains are which obviously it is horror movie in many regards. And that's just the way I like it. I think mean, I, I think when you describe the movie as fundamentally American evil government woman tries to get a witch to blow up her brother, her demigod brother, with a bomb, which betrays her. So they have to recruit a team of supervillains who are locked up in a prison in Louisiana to... Not take up witch, but rescue the evil woman from the city the witch is holding captive. But then team decide eventually deal with the witch. While the Joker tries rescuing his life partner Harley Quinn. And causes chaos. 
that sounds like a movie I'd really enjoy. I'm just going to say it because it's so weird. It's so against the grain, I think you'd say. Because most comic movies have two main villains in them. This one has so many villains in it. And like, I, I do get some critiques like, why, why does Adriopolo call them family when they've only known each other a few days? Why does Katana have nothing to do? Although this leads to one of the best bad lines in any movie ever. This is Katana. You best not be killed by her. Her soul traps, soul traps the soul of its victims. That's such an awful line. I love it. Like, and and also, I think the other thing is, while movie's not great, I think there's some tremendous groundwork here laid for a future one. And indeed, James Gunn's going to pick up that groundwork and run with it. Because these characters can go a fair way. And I think getting James Gunn in for the sequel is going to be quite good. Because he's got a very good horror aesthetic to him so you can follow up on this but at the same time a bit more levity and and also I think making the um, Guardians of Galaxy movies he's going to be given a lot more leeway and DC seems to be going that way because James Wan's Batman is very much a James Wan movie Daryl Sandberg's Shazam is very much a Daryl Sandberg movie and Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman is clearly a labour of love for her so hopefully DC is just going to and the Todd Phillips Joker movie. Hopefully DC's just going to let these people run wild for the movies now. Because they really should. The best comfort movies are ones directed with a specific vision. And ability to compromise with Marvel Studios or DC Entertainment. They need, you need to get directors in uh, trusted enough that they can manage both parts. Like Tahir Waki with um, Four Rad Rock. Because that's a, an amazingly weird funny movie. But at the same time, it does feel like a Marvel movie. You're combining both elements of it, which is good. So, Suicide Squadroning. Very entertaining movie. I think it's schlock, but I think it's entertaining schlock. And really, are you going to criticize? Are you genuinely going to tell me that a movie where an American special ops agent has a, a humanoid crocodile, a bomb, which a human-like crocodile throws into a portal behind a witch as a as the ex-partner of a killer clown throws a gun to a hitman, a gun which, when he loads the ammunition, goes from hate to love on the sleeve, while the hitman's confronted by his daughter, or a vision, apparition of his daughter telling him not to fire, and the hitman goes... And then fires anyway at the bomb that witch can't catch and blows up the portal that turns the witch to into a fit of rage. The witch is then forced forced down at gunpoint while the American soldier spec ops guy has her heart and says, Bring my wife, bring my partner back or I'll kill you, which doesn't, so he destroys her heart, and then his partner June, who witch was possessing, comes back anyway. How are you gonna take me that song and take movie? Can't do it. So there you go. This is the first episode of It's Not That Bad and Suicide Squad in can. Hopefully you enjoyed that. If you didn't, fine weather. I'm sure I'll do another one of these at some point. And at some point I'll do a Suicide Squad commentary. Anyway, until Friday with Panorama at 15 Mark 1. This is Ian Austin for Friday Night Shudder signing off. And we're back. 
So the first thing to say when reviewing Batman vs Superman or discussing indeed Batman vs Superman is you have to wait up on it being what it is namely a sequel to Man Steel and the prequel Justice League so in that regard we, okay we can disregard Justice League because that came out afterwards that's reaction to this movie but we can't disregard Man of Steel and the important thing to realise is that this is a sequel for all intents and purposes to Man of Steel it wasn't a reboot they didn't read to anything they might have said they were going to but that's lip service this is a direct sequel to Man of Steel by which it's a sequel to a movie where Superman and Zod destroyed most Metropolis and Superman didn't do a particularly good job past the few moments of saving anyone so you have to take that into account. So so much you can change with that. Change too much, it's not a sequel. It goes against director's vision, all that crap. And I know what you're going to say. Maybe you should have gone against director's vision because Zack Snyder is not a particularly good director. And I would not argue with you about that point because I don't think he's a particularly good director. But you have to look at facts. And facts are this was a movie made after Man Steel and taking Man Steel into account. So they wrote themselves into a corner with their version of Superman, version of Zog, their version of Flurse Lane, Perry White and all of that. So it was a case of how can we get out of right that corn that we've written ourselves into while keeping somewhat consistency. And the result is Batman vs Superman, a movie which tries, I guess you could say, it wants so it wants to achieve the gravitas of source material, which in this place is The Dark Knight Returns, the seminal Frank Miller comic book from nineteen eighties, which popularised Batman way maybe never been popularised before in terms of audience reception and viewing him as a serious cat rather than as the broader Adam West version which again I'm not making fun of Adam West at all the great version of the character doing an amazing job but people want it they need it serious Batman and combination with the Dark Knight Returns and first Tim Burton Batman evidently shot Batman up to being taken more seriously as a possibly literary character someone's substance and indeed that's why so many people today maintain that Batman have all complex characters is possibly best because he can write that line like a Sherlock Holmes or a Doctor Who for example where he can be a variety of different things and without conforming certain stereotypes once you keep certain parts of Batman in place you can do almost anything for character I think that comic book obviously had big role in that because it's a bridge between the sort of goofy broad Batman, the slightly more gothic Neil Adams Batman and the Batman we see today. So if you take that into account, yeah, source material is dark and all of that, you can understand why this movie was also dark. The fundamental flaw of the movie however is the fact that it's dark but it's not really saying anything that really needs to be said. The comic book was a size of Sorry, a psychological profile in a lot of ways, exploring psyches of Batman, Commissioner Gordon, the new Robin, and of course the Joker, and doing a good job of parlaying that, as we're shown that Gotham is a town or city or whatever Gotham City is, obviously city, and it reacts to Batman. So Batman being gone, City would react to that and Joker and all of that. But they did a really good job. Now here's the kicker. It didn't, it never did a particularly good job with Superman because his problem, Frank Miller doesn't really understand Superman. That's fine. You can be one of the better comic book writers. It doesn't mean you're always going to have perfect understanding of every character. No, darkly, Frank Miller didn't. And here's the other problem Frank Miller's Dark Knight and Year One, esteemed comic books, 
but they have aged quite a bit over the last few decades so making source material from them you have to be very careful not to take them too literally and this movie took the surface themes and indeed subtextual themes of Frank Miller's comic books and it removed the subtext from them and just pad its text what I would say about Zack Snyder is there's certain moments in the movie where he captures some of the feel of The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller, particularly seeing where Superman flies doomsday into space and the nuclear bomb goes off and it hits them and you see a wave of Superman, which is quite a realistic interpretation. I hate using the word realistic for Zack Snyder, but it's a good interpretation for the moment from the comic book where Superman's likewise and then you have revitalizing him and all that. The problem is that Snyder doesn't really understand context. There's a reason for it happening in the book. There's a reason for happening in terms of plot. There's a reason happening in terms of character. And there's reasons happening in terms of theme. Zack Snyder doesn't understand that. And that's why I think the fundamental problem a lot of people have with Batman vs Superman is it's not intrinsically that it's bad. It's not good, but it's not because intrinsically it's bad. The problem is that Snyder throws these images at you and it could be good but you have no context for. For example, rushing Doomsday. The reason Doomsday works in comic book is because you've had Superman as this nigh-immortal, invulnerable man who can solve any situation for a mix of intelligence, and if not intelligence, using his fists. You know? And here's the problem they create with Batman vs Superman. Because it comes off Man of Steel. Man of Steel, Superman obviously murders Zod and it's a really terrible moment of that but what you really needed for something like Batman vs Superman and Park Doomsday to work was a Superman who spent the last 10 years refusing to sink so low again find another way of that you know because Superman is after all Boy Scout and Boy Scouts are many learned individuals and also try to be scared and as many things as possible you know and with this movie it kind of falls apart a bit because with Doomsday it's too early in timeline. We haven't got no Superman yet. You throw Doomsday at us? Like, especially after the last movie where Metropolis got trashed. I can see why a lot of people had a lot of issues with a nameless part of Gotham being trashed in a fight. Although we maintain that the image of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman team up to fight is actually really, really cool. The shot from them in profile. But that's one of the other things that Zack Snow falls down on. He puts things in movie because they're cool. But you can't just have cool things. It is my fundamental problem with Suck Punch. Suck Punch is on process. Or on surface. A quotation marks. Cool movie. And it's cool movie because it looks like a video game. And fishy stunned and all flat. But it doesn't really mean anything. Because Zack Snyder doesn't have the storytelling instincts. To take what should be an effective plot or an effective multi-layer complex plot and really push it to the absolute level which you look something like Inception Chris Nolan has rules for how things work that's not it doesn't it's just this is cool this is a dream you know that's it you know there's layers of dreams we're not going to explain how any of them work and sometimes you don't have to explain how things work but other times you do and with that's not movies you really do but I will maintain there's parts of Batman versus there parts of Batman vs Superman which hold up quite nicely. And the first one I will say, and I'll maintain this, is Wonder Woman. Despite the fact that she at times 
seems to exist in different time zones of people, namely by virtue of she's waiting in the airport, she sees fight on TV. Next time she she's in plane, she hears about fight on TV, and then she leaves the plane and then gets to fighting time. But that doesn't work because she's have to wait at the airport to get on plane. She have to wait in the departure lounge to get on plane again two separate bits away then you have to wait for plane take off the fight will be over by the time she got back there i also like the idea that they're trying so that's not just trying to take elements of the excalibur movie from 1981 by john borman with regards to the sept and things like that he's trying to take elements of that movie and implant them and that's fine you can take parts of movies you like and try and implant them in movies but the problem is that's neither it's just ripping them wholesale. He's not recontextualizing them for the mythology he's trying to create. And there's also little bits that uh, you get a bit with the water at the end, which is perfect moment for Aquaman to have his cameo. But he does have his cameo. You know, he has cameo and completely unrelated part later on. But at the same time, like I said, I'll find some parts of the movie I like. And one part of the movie I do particularly like is shock horror Ben Affleck's version of Batman. Which we do not see in Justice League because they've changed so much up Justice League that they've removed one few good parts of Batman vs Superman. Ben Affleck's Batman perfectly portrays a version of Batman which, to be honest, in my personal interpretation, is the same version of Batman that existed in 1989. I think if you made a through line between Keaton's Batman to athletes Batman include all the other Batman's canon except for Christian Bale obviously but if you have through line from 1989 to the present day that version just about works for Ben Affleck's Batman indeed it adds a lot of recontextualization now granted you have to make a lot of assumptions and you have to change a lot of stuff up with regards to Joker and whatnot for the purposes of Suicide Squad but at the same time I think if you had that story like that for Batman you can actually see movie works a lot better I mean, after all, he talks about exploding penguins in Just League, and in 1992, Batman Returns, exploding penguins. We get the musical homage to the Danny Elfman Batman scene score, or rather, in Just League as well. And granted, those aren't tropes relevant to Batman vs Superman, but I do like the idea that he has this great history. And it's nice to see a Batman that's fully formed on screen rather than have his origin story again. I understand why people are a bit miffed, but because they think that Batman needs more setting up, his own solo movie gets this point. But I'd argue he doesn't actually need one, and indeed it would harm the material if he had one. The fundamental flaw of this movie for a lot of people, the real flaw is there's no reason Batman Superman fight, and that's true. But if you had a movie where Batman was investigating Superman, Batman would realise Superman's okay. Like, if he spent a year investigating Superman, within the day of meeting Superman, they'd be like, yeah, we're okay. Which is the case in this movie. They know each other for a day, and then they get over it. They realise that the other one's okay. The movie falls apart more, you think, about in regards to their relationship, but we fall apart even more with that movie in between. And also the fact that Batman vengeful Batman for a movie trying to hunt Superman but dealing with a villain of his own I, I, I don't see how that works now granted Superman's a different question because Superman in this movie is in the second part of his own trilogy in theory although in actuality they're still not where they should have been with regards to Superman 
Superman should have been open, overcompensating in this movie, last movie. He should have been, in my opinion, putting on that. Very jovial, very happy. As if he's trying to be a brighter individual for humanity. He's got his doubts, he's got his frustrations. But he wants to set a better example because he knows they're scared of him. They don't do that. They go down the fear, Superman is feared row, Which, I think it's something that's not I took from Watchmen. Because... And again, it's another one for the flaws inherent with Batman vs Superman. Is that it's that Snyder sees Batman Superman as Night Owl and Doctor Manhattan respectfully. He doesn't understand that those versions in Watchmen were extreme archetypes for the characters. Whereas in actuality, Superman is meant to be a good guy, and Batman's meant to be a good guy, slightly darker. That's what they're meant to be. You can have characterization, you can have complex characterization for both, but at their fundamental root they are these characters. Superman is the nicest person you ever meet, and Batman's the guy who never thinks what he's doing is enough and keeps fighting even when he knows he's beat. You know? Batman's a, essentially the flip side for Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor wants the powers of a god, you know? That's what Lex Luthor creates power for power's sake. Whereas Batman creates power to improve society and make sure no one goes through what he went through, which is the reason why he adopts so many Robins in comic books. And this movie, I, I, I think the idea of a torture Batman's a good thing. I just feel like I can understand in part people's frustrations with not knowing who Batman was before this point, and I agree with that. I think bigger problem Superman. Because as you've seen Wonder Woman in subsequent Wonder Woman at Manchester's and movies, if you hire the right people, you can make a bright and breezy super movie with darker themes. I mean, Shazam in particular is exactly the tone Superman movie should be. Some real horrifying elements, but fundamental core of the movie is a good, good person who's fundamentally good, who might do things which are slightly questionable at times, but at the same time, they're fun, you know? And also Mark Strong was the best that solution than Jesse Eisberg, although I enjoy Jesse Eisenberg's interpretation of character, and I think a lot of criticism for that is rooted in the idea that comic book characters can be only one thing. Obviously, I just said Superman Batman should be brought down to specific characteristics, but they can change up from within that. In some like Let's Luthor, I don't feel you have to say it's only one thing, because he's been so many things over the years in combos. He's been a mad scientist, he's been a billionaire inventor, he's been member of Just League, which was an interesting storyline, although a bit of a rip-off of the Marvel ones with, um, Marvel ones, sorry, with Dr. Octopus. Although, you know, nice contrast, because let's even Dr. Octopus, obviously, fundamentally different characters. And I think the idea of Let's Luthor is this sort of weird, kooky business guy, I can buy that, you know, because it's a front. That whole aspect of his character is a front from the hor horrible, rotten person he is underneath. This movie essentially is that Snyder trying to form a contrast between the three of them. We'd see Superman's saviour, but he doesn't see him safe that way. We'd see Batman's a menace, but he doesn't see him safe that way. And we'd see Lex Luthor as this goofy man because he wants to see, have them see him that way so he can manipulate from shadows. So it's actually quite a cool thing. Although, in saying that, I do think the idea they have casting someone like Denzel Washington as Lex Luthor they should I wish they'd gone that or even something like Kurt Russell because I always got the idea Lex Luthor was meant to be older than Superman even Smallville with their Lex who was closer to Clark's age was always portrayed as being an adult compared to young adults on the show 
Indeed, I think another reason, one of the reasons why people didn't necessarily take Batman for Superman is the simple fact that we've had a lot of Superman content over the years, some good, some bad, and with the rise of CW TV shows, I think people feel that they're serviced in regards to the DC Universe, and rightly so said, why can't these characters be on screen? And on big screen. And what I will say is, I don't disagree with them. This movie with The Flash, Cameo for example, and Just League, and I'm sure we'll talk about Just League at some point, you know. But I do agree with those concepts. I do agree that this movie, if DC wanted to set up the big multi-screen universe, they had an easy out, easy in. They had a Flash on TV, played by a very good actor, who shock horror spoilers flash tv series if you haven't seen it can run between dimensions and you're telling me you couldn't have figured out a way to have him in this movie and have a cat set up with multiple seasons of tv who knows his character inside and out that's one of the things i find annoying about hollywood sometimes and i feel especially with someone like Zack snyder who sees himself as, sees himself as an auteur but you get his version of the super movie contrasting with some like Russo brothers who know how to make movies as collaborative mediums. Some like Zack Snyder wants to make Zack Snyder movie, whereas guys like Russo brothers and James Gunn they want to make their movies, but they can work within a bigger universe to encapsulate what they like and encapsulate what studios want at the same time. And that's one of the reasons, another reason why Batman vs Superman struggles, because this is mostly a Zack Snyder movie, but there's lots here he was told to include. And also at the same time, look, I'm not offending parts of the movie, like Jimmy Olsen. I won't offend that, because I think if you don't understand Jimmy Olsen as a character, then you don't fucking understand Superman on a fundamental level. And if you don't understand Superman on a fundamental level, he shouldn't be making a fucking Superman movie. But he did make Superman movie and this was the result. I also thought the fight between Batman vs Superman while being over the top and ridiculous and jarring horribly with the tone they wanted was the most entertaining part of the movie. Because here's the twist guys. If you're going to make a movie where superheroes fight you need to make that scene in, in fact you need to shape the movie differently. They should have looked to the same style that Chris Nolan looked for when he made The Dark Knight Rises, which was he used the structure of two properties. He used structure of a tale of two cities, and he used structure of a Rocky movie, which you can see in scenes of Alfred turn, turn Batman, Bruce Wayne slash Batman. You can't beat Bane. Look at his speed, his ferocity, that skill, that's training. Chris Nolan essentially combined the tale of two cities and the plot from Rocky IV. And it's a brilliant idea, and it really works, because he beats up that fight between Bane and Batman, and it's an amazingly brutal experience where you're watching one of your heroes get destroyed on screen, and no amount of slow-motion gifs or bang boys rambling about the scene where John Blake and Batman and Bruce Wayne talk about being orphans and how John Blake knows Bruce Wayne's Batman. No amount of that rubbish will change the fact that Chris Nolan did the best setup of any fight in any superhero movie in this been done today and probably will have to be done because by the time you get to that second rematch you're bursting for Bruce Wayne slash Batman and Kit Bane's ass, and it's just the 
ultimate free rush. It's such, such a such a brilliant idea. And I think that's one of the other problems, or main problem, Batman for Superman. I enjoy five ways. It's nonsense. It's ludicrous. And there's scenes. Where's the part where Batman swings Superman round with a chain and then smashes his head to bits with a kitchen sink. And that's brilliant. You know, I like that. I just wish the whole movie is like that, to be honest. If they've made the two-hour condensed for the action movie, kind of a bunch of fights between Batman vs Superman, I would prefer to watch that movie. But they didn't make that movie. Almost like you got Batman fighting Superman a couple of times, wants to find out what Superman's capable of, once in mill move in, then they team up at the end, I guess. Because if they have to team up, that's fine. But you know, you need to earn that shit. And there's fundamentally flawed. Um, I don't think the script is the problem of this movie. I don't think you could write a script for Zack Snyder and that he wouldn't make some sort of a, a meal of in some guard because I don't think he's a writer by proxy. Definitely doesn't have a Steven Spielberg aptitude to it. And I know what people are going to say, but he took the script for Dawn of the Dead written by James Gunn and Scott Frank, the remake, Dawn of the Dead remake, and did a really good job with it. And I see he did a good job because he kept out of the way of the story. I believe that he had little to do with it. He might have had some suggestions, but it's his first big movie, so he wasn't trying to rock the boat. Indeed, that's neither not rocking boat, it's fine. But so many of these Batman for Superman ideas were clearly his ideas, like Nightmare Sequence, Barry Allen run back through time and all that shit, which don't even now don't make any sense. You can preface, preface it with I was trying to make trilogy all he wants, but you've still got to make compare movies that work on their own. And while you can make cases that stuff like Civil War doesn't necessarily work completely on its own, it still has a start, middle and end. This movie has a start, a middle, and an end question mark. But it's blatant set up for another movie more than anything else. Like those things with Just League inserts. That was amateurish. And indeed, I feel like the biggest issue with these movies, these DC comic book ones by Zack Snyder, is the Zack Snyder influence. I think if you had a director who took those scripts and added a sense of warmth to it, I think they could work. Indeed, parts of the movie with Jeremy Irons, I mean, some of his choices are on tap. Like, Jeremy Irons' Alfred's a really good choice. Ben Affleck's Batman's a really good choice. Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman's an exceptionally good choice. And there's a few parts which work well, but fundamentally it falls down a bit because that side doesn't get Superman. He understands Batman to an extent, although he tries to make him more Rorschach than anything. And therein lies the fundamental crunch of this movie. This is Zack Snyder taking everything he learned on Watchmen and making a DC Combats movie with those with the DC Combats XPs of Watchmen and it doesn't work because those characters don't work in that environment. So that's neither the really good job Watchmen on surface. He didn't do such a good job with context, although he managed to make that movie, so that's an accomplishment. But at the end of the day I still maintain that at worst Batman vs Superman is an is an diverting misfire. It misses a lot more than it aims to hit. It doesn't really hit anything it aims to hit particularly successfully. And 
both statues of blockbusters it's not on high end but I don't think I'll hear a movie where Batman swings Superman around on chains smashes him in the kitchen sink plus that just the team up at the end was undeniably exciting so no no I, I think I would say it's that bad actually think of it my fences of the movie are a very small part of the movie and fundamentally it falls down so many levels but and here's the but I think if you have a love for DC comic books like a real love not a superficial one and you liked the Green Lantern movie and you feel like you got something enjoyment I've seen the Trinity Wonder Woman Superman Batman team up on screen there's just nothing movie to justify you watching the YouTube highlights go find the 4KD version on YouTube and just watch the action sequences on that but anyway my name's Ian Austin this has been a ramble for however many minutes it's been a ramble for and I'll be back on Friday with something I haven't decided yet I've changed my bit about blowout but anyway I'll be back on Friday and until then remember life is beautiful and here's the epilogue in this bit of continuity for you there's a real story reason why they didn't do the country this week. Mabel doesn't want to listen to Blair Witch stuff. She wants another break. So, ten week off. That's the storyline reason. For all you people who love the storylines, oh, I know so many of you love the storylines, the seven seasons, the Mabel Bat story, the jokes about Luke, Friday Night Fright Loot Crates to Halftime Handball and Black Lake and Let's Listen and a bunch of stuff which it seems like I've forgotten and I've left dead and I have dropped the plot lines dropped the bridge on them and they'll never come back they'll all come back eventually everything will come back round they'll go in a big circle and all of this stuff will pay off i trust me you know i i, I make a podcast every week but for right now i'm i'm gonna go to sleep you guys can um do whatever you want and i will do my blair witch 2 country on sunday it's not because i'm lazy and i haven't done it that's not at all i'm just you know i'm just lazy what can you say anyway I'll, I'll be back next week with a new podcast I, I, maybe I'll try and do an episode for Tuesday I don't know but anyway until next time remember life is beautiful and I, I guess you are too I don't know I'm, I'm assuming here anyway bye <laughs>